morning, evening, night, whatever time you're listening to this. Thank you for tuning in to the Talk A Lot Show with me, Mr. Lincoln R. And, th- and thank you for being able to set aside some time to listen to me rant about stupid news and things that I think are interesting. Because I truly am not important. Let's continue. First, let's start off where we left off from last time. The coronavirus. It's somehow gotten even worse. Yes, this is true, and yes, this is fact. The coronavirus has spread to multiple countries of the world, including China, Japan, United States of America, Mexico, Canada, Australia, basically some some countries down in Africa, uh, and to top it all off, the most important country, Great Britain. Now, there's also some others like France, but we'll can, we'll, but you can look all of them up because there are a lot. And it's being absolutely crazy. People are freaking out and laughing at it. People are shutting down schools. People are shutting down their churches. People are shutting down everything. People are going to Walmart, picking up all of the toilet paper and all of its canned soup, stocking their pantries, and then and then uh, bunkering down in their basements just to get away from this thing because they feel like that we're going into the live version of Walking Dead, starring President Trump and all of your favorite actors. We'll get back to President Trump and the and the presidential elections in a little bit, but let's continue with the coronavirus. The coronavirus has spread so much that it has shut down the biggest basketball organization in the world, the National Basketball Association, and this is true. Well, I guess it technically has hasn't. Um, they more postponed it, or as they said, quote unquote, suspended it, but still. They had to stop the biggest basketball organization just because they were scared of catching this thing. This is getting big. Now, do I... Now, people are also saying that they're throwing things out of the proportion and that they're nuts. Other people say that it's not having enough... Um, it's not being scared enough. It should be having more, um, focus. Me, I'm not really sure. Um, apparently, and this is probably fake, some sources say that you can go to China, for, stay for a month, come back by plane for eight dollars. Not eight hundred, not eighteen K, eight American dollars. Eight hundred pennies. What? Now. Again, I do not think that this is true, but it is a possibility because of how I just feel bad for the travel companies because one, they have all this stress that that they have to um, make sure that they're not spreading this virus worse than it already is, and they have to keep people coming on the plane so they can make money. So it's kind of this cat and mouse thing where they can't have enough people come, but they're not having enough. This obviously is a big issue. And I do believe that we should be talking about this and raising awareness. 
But we also should realize that there probably will become a vaccine, and if, worst case scenario, we do have to go into a Walking Dead situation, which we probably won't, well then, it'll be a cool story when it is all over and said and done. Okay, what else can we talk about? Um, let's talk about the good old presidential elections. Yeah, people aren't going to get mad about about sharing political opinions with each other each other and bad-mouthing other politicians. No, this is fine. Obviously, this is a touchy subject, so I will try to avoid my opinion as much as possible. So, let's go. Let's first talk about who is in the running, who is going to, who could possibly be our next president of the United States of America. Now, many people that were that were highly anticipated, such as Mike Blue, Mike Bloomberg, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren, Andrew Yang, they're out. They dropped out. Um, so far, there are only five people in the running for president: three Democrat, two Republican, and they are as follows. First, let's go with the lesser-known people. First, we have we have Senator Glenn. Now, Senator Glenn used to be the governor. Sorry, I, didn't, I guess I shouldn't say senator then. Governor Glenn used to be the governor of Massachusetts, and and he is and he was the first one to come out and say that he was running against President Trump, and he's the last one who is actually still running against him. Now, obviously, there's Donald Trump, the other one in the Republican Party. We all know Donald Trump. He's he's he is um, as of this moment. Um, the president of the United States, he won against Hillary Clinton in, in 2016. But, let's continue on to the Democrat Party. Let's start out with Tulsi Gabbard. Now, I still don't really know how to say her name. Tulsi, Tulsi, whatever. I'm gonna say Tulsi. Um, Tulsi Gabbard, um, is from Hawaii, and she doesn't she isn't really well known because she only has two percent of expectation, but um, she still is in the running. But she probably will drop out just for pure reasoning of literally no one knows her. So let's go to the other ones. Next we have Sanders. Now Bernie Sanders is ridiculed for um, for trying to bring socialism into America. Now what does this mean? It means that we will. We will provide more help for um, education and college students. Um, we'll also have better health care. Um, it's kind of like Obamacare, in a way. Um, but enhanced a little, I guess I should say. Um, the other person running um, is Joe Biden. Joe Biden ser um, served as vice president for eight years under, under the um, watchful eye of President Barack Obama former President Barack Obama, and now he is getting his own shot, um, at being the, the President of the United States, and being in charge of a new Vice President. So, what, what does this mean, and what do I believe will be the elections? Well, let's get the obvious out of the way. Um, the person that I believe will be the Republican that will be the representative of the Republican Party is Donald J. Trump. I don't think there were really any debate about that. Heck, probably not a lot of people even knew that 
um, Governor Glenn was running as President of the United States. If you do, high five. If you didn't, don't worry, not, neither did I. Um, so I think it's pretty safe to say that Donald Trump will win the Republican Party. Now, what about the Democratic Party? This is a this is a, a little harder, but I'm pretty sure that it'll. It's fairly certain that uh, Miss Gab Mrs. Gabbard will be eliminated um, from the elections. Um, so that leaves us with two candidates for the Democratic Party: Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Now, this is hard because. Both have a very wide um, and a very large support groups. Bernie Sanders um, is is being supported because of the aforementioned um, um, socialism, and that and and Joe Biden has a lot of experience, and he seems like a pretty safe pick. Um, so, what do I think? I personally believe that. Joe Biden will come out on top. So far, and let me just say, as I'm as I'm recording this, it is Friday, March thirteenth. Friday, March thirteenth, twenty twenty. So if something has changed, I'm sorry, but as I'm recording this right now, Joe Biden is in the lead, and I feel like um, people are just have more affirmation and more um, trust in him just because he was um, a he was working with Barack Obama for eight years and he has a lot of experience Bernie Sanders um, he does have a good chance now he does have a good chance because again he does have a lot of supporters I just feel like that a lot of people will be um, more taken aback just because of his age, um, and just because he's just, he might not be able to live through, um, two terms. Now, saying that, Joe Biden's 77, so, I don't know. That's just what I think. Um, so, who do I think will win? Donald J. Trump or Joe Biden? Honestly... I'll have to give it to Donald Trump just because um, he has had, even though with all the controversies and all of the um, things that have happened, that has happened while he is in office, um, he has done a lot of good, and I feel like people will be able to see that, and they will vote for him, so, we'll ha so we might have him for another four years. Um, but it honestly could go either way. Who knows? Bernie Sanders could come back and win. Um, that's just what I think. So, finishing up with that, how about we move a little, moving away from that, let's go back to an old favorite. The one that got this thing started. History hacks! I know. I'm stupid. Feel free to tell me. Let's continue. <clears throat> this time we are doing... Now, you might think, oh, he's probably going to do World War II. No! I am not being able to be assumed. I am sporadic. Today, we're going to go past World War II and go to 
the Cold War. Let's get going. <clears throat> it all started back in 1945 when World War II ended. And when it all was all said and done, the entire continent of Europe was split into two, with American Britain in charge of the West and the Soviet Union in the East. Now, England and America wanted Stalin, the leader of the Soviet Union at that time, to hold elections in the East and make a new world order. But Stalin was more taking over than liberating the Eastern countries. Now, they weren't really a part of Russia, um, but they were more like puppet states than anything. And they, and when Winston Churchill, the leader of England at the time, saw this, he made one of the most famous quotes, saying, "An iron curtain has descended across the government, and uh, oh, across has descended across the government." End quote. And over the next couple of years, the former alliance of Russia, England, and the U.S. started to disassemble at an alarming speed. And in 1947, the Truman Doctrine was created to stop the spread of communism. But America was still worried about more nations that would join to communist, to turn to communist nations. This is because in Europe, everyone was living in a war-torn nightmare, and communism seemed like it would be a good idea. Something in which everyone is shared, so everyone gets the same. So, in, in 1948, America implemented the Marshall Plan, in which the U.S. would send $12 billion to help recover, but the Russian puppet countries couldn't do anything to get economic aid. So, Stalin created his own economic recovery plan called Comic-Con, and he then implemented Common Form to give him even more control over the Eastern Bloc. But in the capital of Germany, Berlin, the economic battle was even bitter, bigger. You see, the city of Berlin was also split into two. Even though it was far behind the Soviet Union's territory, the western half of Berlin was controlled by the West. And was a, and this was a problem for Stalin because Eastern Germans could go to West Berlin and see the prosperous capitalist side and realize that communism wasn't really that good. So in 1948, Stalin created the Berlin blockade, which blocked all of the West supply routes. The West responded to this, by flying the supply in with the Berlin airlift. This went until 1949 when Stalin ended the blockade, but we'll get back to Berlin later. Then, in the same year, in, in the same year, NATO was formed. NATO was a team of countries that worked together and agreed to help each other out if anyone were to attack, such as the Soviet Union. Also in 1949, a literal bomb was about to drop because the Soviet Union was able to successfully create its own atomic bomb. This meant that if America and the Soviet Union were to declare war, it would be incredibly devastating. And it didn't help that Stalin said that the war between the East and the West was inevitable. The fight for power was going to shift dramatically east. That winter, Russia and China implemented the Sino-Soviet Alliance, and it was signed in 1950. Another big problem facing the U.S. was the country of Korea. You see, way back after World War II, Korea was split between North and South. In the North, a communist nation, but in the South, a capitalist. This stood true for Vietnam, true, but we'll get to that later. So in 1950, North Korea invaded South Korea and started the Korean War. It only lasted three years until 1953. And it really didn't do all that much besides just showing that, hey, these people are willing to fight. 
During the war, President Dwight D. Eisenhower was elected, you guessed it, President of the United States. Then, following that, in the year 1953, Stalin died of a brain hemorrhage. After Stalin, Nikita Khrushchev took over the country. He tried to start his campaign to make the people happy, but it really didn't do all that much. And nothing really happened until 1957, when Russia sent the first satellite into space. The satellite was called Sputnik, and although it really didn't do all that much besides send beeps and boops back to the Soviet Union, everyone freaked out because the fact that Russia can put stuff into space meant that they could put, um, say, a missile up there and nuke them at any time. They then proceeded to put a Russian cosmonaut named Yuri Gagarin into orbit, making him the first man in space. And this was only more escalated when both sides were able to upgrade their atomic bombs to hydrogen bombs. But then, in 1955, West Germany was able to join NATO. This was big, because before that, it wasn't allowed to, because it was still kind of forced by the Soviet Union. Nikita Khrushchev, Nikita Khrushchev reacted by creating the Warsaw Pact, which strengthened the military forces of the Eastern Bloc to be linked with the Soviet Union militia. But then, in the 1960s, after serving two terms, Dwight D. Eisenhower was kicked out of office and replaced with JFK, old John F. Kennedy. Anyways, let's go back to Berlin, shall we? East Berlin was becoming more and more struggling because many East Germans decided to defect to the West. So in 1961, East and West Berlin was first divided by barbed wire and guards, and it then became a while, preventing the traveling to West Berlin. But as normal citizens weren't allowed to cross the border, Western diplomats were able to. But soon, the guards weren't even letting them cross the border, and President Kennedy responded to this by stationing tanks by the Berlin border. In October of 1961, as a show of how they were not going to be pushed around, the Soviet Union did the same, and for 16 painful hours, the world held its breath for the, Soviet, for the beginning of World War III. But Kennedy called Khrushchev, and they both agreed to back away. This is a very scary moment indeed, but it was not the worst. To begin, we must go back to 1959, when the Cuban government was overthrown and changed to a communist nation. So the leader of the new Cuban government went with Khrushchev, and they made a deal so Soviet souls were sent to Cuba. So it was settled. But on October 14, 1962, a spy plane flying over Cuba noticed the nuclear missiles, and this caused absolute pandemonium in the United States. President Kennedy freaked out and decided to create a naval blockade blocking any Soviet ships trying to enter Cuba. But this was technically an act of war and made and made the Soviet Union even more mad. And for the first US strategic command and for the first time in US strategic command, it moved to DEFCON 2. DEFCON 1 meant that World War 3 was coming. Then, only to escalate this even further, the Soviets shot down a spy plane that was and a neighboring Soviet submarine thought that the war had already begun. And they were and they were already ready and they were all ready to fire on American ships. However, however, in this in the way that it worked, all they had three senior officers in each submarine, and they all had to agree to send it. But one man didn't allow them didn't allow them to and potentially stopped World War Three. 
But before the United States set the day and time for the invasion, Khrushchev called Kennedy and told him that they would remove the missiles from Cuba if they did the same for Turkey. They both comp complied, and both sides breathed a sigh of relief. Sadly, in November of 1963, John F. Kennedy was assassinated in a car in Houston by Lee Harvey Oswald. And after that, some changes were made. First off, a treaty between America and Russia regarding, miss regarding missiles took place, and Nikita Khrushchev was, was placed with, was, were placed with Leonid Brezhnev. And the new president of the United States was Lyndon B. Johnson, and he had to take over the crisis in Vietnam. Vietnam was having a civil war, and America decided to was having a civil war was having a civil war because of well, why wouldn't they? And America decided to give help to South Vietnam because the Soviet Union was back in the north, and they were getting scared that if it looked that it they were getting scared that it looked like South Vietnam was going to fall. They feared that it, that if South Vietnam fell, what if other countries would fall out salute? So America made a decision to send in the troops. This could have been easy, but the North Vietnam soldiers used guerrilla war tactics, and the American soldiers were forced to fight that they that they couldn't that have never done before. So America had to start drafting people into the army, and this would continue until a while until 1973, when new president of the United States, Richard Nixon, decided to pull out of the war, and South Vietnam fell. Ever since the Soviet Union had launched Sputnik into space, America and the Soviet Union have been dealing with another conflict, the quote-unquote space race. For the longest time, America was behind Russia. They just kept on sending satellite and humans and into space. Every time America did something space-related, Russia had already done it. So they wanted to find a way to assert their dominance. So in the beginning of the 1960s, President Kennedy announced that they would put a man on the moon within the decade. And the waste was on. Whoever would make it to the moon quicker would show how much more successful they are, and the rest of the world, and the rest of the world would be more, would be more compelled to join them as opposed to the other. And in the summer of 1969, America landed on the moon. Astronauts Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong were the first men in the moon, and they were for America. Anyway, let's get back to the actual war. So Vietnam fell, but to the luck of the U.S., nothing happened. No other country was invaded, and both countries realized that, that they would have to work together to make a more civilized bond. And so in 1972, Richard Nixon visited Moscow, and Brezhnev went to Washington, D.C. in 1973. And many treaties were signed. Everything was great. Except when Nixon was caught up in the Watergate scandal, so he basically dipped, and he had his vice president, Gerald Ford, take the president's office. But that didn't last long because no one really liked him all that much. Because in the next election, Jimmy Carter was elected president. But after a few treaty and after a few treaties, Jimmy Carter was given the boot in favor of former actor Ronald Reagan. And while he was in office, he saw the rise of the Soviet Union leader Mikhail Gorbachev, who was the last leader of the Soviet Union. But we'll get to that. But Gorbachev immediately implemented many campaigns which started changing the Soviet Union. And it was incredibly successful. One of the greatest things he did was when he and Ronald Reagan signed the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty in 1978. That, 1987, pardon me, that eliminated all medium-ranged missiles. And another crazy thing that happened while Mikhail Gorbachev was in office, he said that Eastern Bloc and, Eastern Bloc and the Soviet Union 
had been dictating for the last 50 years, he said that the Eastern Bloc countries could hold their own elections. The first to go was Hungary, then Poland, and many others would join later. But one thing, but one of the things that happened because of this was East Berliners could finally leave along with everyone else that was under the control of Russia. So countless people left home and traveled to, to Hungary because they were the first to fall and then defected to the West. Other Soviet Unions tried to stop the travel to Hungary, but he couldn't. In 1989, East Ber Germany announced finally was going to allow East Berliners to travel to the West. And the government, and when the government official was asked when it would take place, he said, as far as I know, of now, without delay. However, it actually wasn't supposed to take place until tomorrow, but flocks of people crowded at the border, and guards panicked and lifted the gates. And apparently the first person to defect was a woman who, I, who was wearing a bathroom robe and had curlers in her hair. The Berlin Wall crumbled after that, and in 1990, Germany was reunited as one. Then, in the next American election, they elected George H.W. Bush. And in one of the most crazy moments in Russian history, Gorbachev allowed elections to be held in Russia, where candidates could run for a non-communist party. And in 1991, the Soviet Union became the Russian Federation. And that's pretty much where the Cold War ended. Now, what can we learn from this? Thanks! I'm kidding, we probably have more things we can talk about. One, just the very idea of the Cold War was pretty scary. I've met people that lived through the Cold War at the height of it, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And they were genuinely freaking out because there was they might go into a nuclear winter in which they would never be able to escape. But, thankfully... We didn't. And we're all here to tell the story that we are not dead! Which I guess is a good thing. But, yeah. That was pretty much the Cold War. Now, will I be doing more of those? Maybe. I mean, they took a long time to do. <laughs> but, who knows? Maybe I will. Um, I, I've been thinking about doing one about joseph stalin so if you want to see that uh, <laughs> you know give a good reading i'm kidding you can write it whatever you want i'm not gonna tell you what to do um i'm just having a good time being here so thank you for listening to this segment well that wraps it up thank you for listening in on this tale of the news I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure you give it a nice five-star rating. Again, I don't care. Um, but yeah. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great morning, evening, night, whatever time you're listening to this to. I hope you have a good time of whatever. This is Mr. Lincoln Arm, signing off. Thank you, and goodbye.